announcement today, I promise. If you didn't notice, our children's ministry fundraiser, raiser, raider, our fundraiser started this week. We are selling ornaments for $4 each. Half of the proceeds will go to the San Antonio Food Bank and the Holotus House and Neighborly Service. And this year's ornament features a little baby Jesus wrapped in a swaddling cloth and laying inside of a Bible. And the words from John 1:14 are stamped on there. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you have an opportunity, open up your Bible and read the last of that verse because it talks about how we have seen the glory of God, God's one and only Son. If Jesus was the Word and the Word was God and he was with God in the beginning, everything he spoke to us was absolute truth. 
And I think that's something that's important to remember. Anyway, we will be out there before and after service. I should say Miss Judy, because she's awesome. We'll be out there before and after service today, if you'd like to pick up ornaments. There is a little scripture card that has the complete verse there. If you're giving it as a gift and you would like the whole verse, there's also a little card sitting on the bench out there that says it's made by the children of Polaris Hills United Methodist Church, because I know some people pass them out at work. And if you want to explain where they came from, there's a little card that says that also. So let's invite those little kids forward for the children's sermon. All those little kids. I am so glad to see you guys this morning. You did an awesome job lighting that Advent candle. <laughs> Grown-ups, oh my goodness, how did that happen? Would you guys stop growing up? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. And we got, you, guys are, you guys are here, which means you're going to do the nativity, right? At Sunday school, maybe. They're like, no, i got to ask Dad. Where are we having our nativity, right? Right after this at Sunday school. And then we do it during the children's sermon at 11 o'clock service. So it's only like 10 minutes into the service. And we need wise men and shepherds and angels and all those things, right? It's such fun to do. Hi. Hello. I'm glad you're here. Oh, my gosh. So we've been talking about the themes of Advent, right? And the children's ministry is a week ahead because I won't get to see you guys next week. We have the awesome cantata happening, and Miss Kathy said I have to be in here for the cantata, so I'm not allowed to hang out with you guys in the fellowship hall. I have to be over here, but that means that you guys get to come in here, and you guys get to listen to some awesome music, right? Are you excited? Orchestra, singing, everything. It's going to be fun. So we'll see you for that next week, but this week we're talking about what is actually the fourth week of Advent. We're going to be talking about love. Over the past couple weeks, we've talked about hope, peace, and joy. And this week, we're talking about love. And I think that the fourth Sunday in Advent is actually the most important Sunday. We spend the 40 days before Christmas waiting for Jesus' arrival, and the four Sundays before Christmas focusing on certain themes that have to do with Jesus coming to earth. And my favorite theme out of all of them is the theme of love. Because once again, I know I say it to you guys all the time in Spark Worship, nothing happens without love, right? That hope that Jesus brings to us when he repairs our relationship with God so we can have eternal life with him comes from a place of love. The peace that Jesus brings to our hearts because we know that we're being taken care of and that no matter what happens here on earth, we are all okay, comes from the love that Jesus has for us. That joy we get in our hearts because we know we're taken care of, right? If you have peace, it brings you some joy, let me tell you. That joy that we have, that happiness that comes from knowing that we are loved beyond measure comes from love, right? They all come from a place of love. And so I think this Sunday is the most important Sunday of Advent. Well, the Love Sunday is. We're just going to pretend like it's Love Sunday, okay? So <laughs> love's where it all began. It all came from God, right? Love comes from God, directly from him. God loved us so much, he what? So what does John three sixteen say? For God, so loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his... One and only Son. That's right. So that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. What does 3.17 say? Do you guys remember? God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to bring us eternal life, right? Save the world through him. That's done from love, right? Jesus, God didn't send Jesus down here to tell us we were doing it all wrong and we couldn't keep up with him. God knew we already understood that. He knew that we were struggling, and he sent us a way out of love to get out of that struggle, to make our lives easier. And he sent us Jesus to come down to this earth, 
not as a king, right? I mean, he was a king, but he didn't come down on this huge horse with like shining armor and stuff. He came down as a little baby, a little tiny innocent baby, which is the truest, most pure form of love. If you guys have ever gotten to hold a baby, oh my goodness, there's something that happens to your heart when you hold on to a baby that's just incredible. And it can be like, it can be the most precious moment in the world. That is the truest form of love right there. And that's how Jesus came to us. He didn't come to us as an adult who knew everything already. He came to us as a baby. And he proved to us, A, that a baby can change the world, right? You guys can change the world. But also that he loved us enough to do that, to come down here, to grow up, to feel everything that we were feeling, to go through the same struggles that we were feeling, to live and to walk on this earth, to talk to people, and then to take all of our sins to the cross and to pay the price for them so that we wouldn't have to do that ourselves. If that isn't love, boys and girls, I really don't know what is. I really don't. And so as we go through this Advent season and we're looking forward to Jesus coming and we're looking forward to Christmas, right, and all of the things that come with Christmas, all of the gifts that we get, that weird red guy that comes down our chimney, candy canes everywhere, right, as we're looking forward to his name, oh, his name is Santa. Oh, man, I forgot. As we're looking forward to all of those things, I want you guys to remember the one most important thing about Christmas. St. Nick. Love is the one most important thing about Christmas, right? The most important thing about Christmas. And if you want to share the Christmas spirit with anybody you meet, how would you share it? Love. You would share it with love. Absolutely. Love. You would love God fiercely and completely, and you love everyone you meet the same way. And that's the true spirit of Christmas. All right, boys and girls, will you guys bow your heads? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, fold our hands, and let's talk to God. Say, dear God, thank you for showing us your awesome, amazing love. Help us share it with others. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit out the side door to our Spark Worship Service and go sing and do crafts. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here on this beautiful, beautiful morning. It's a, little, a nice little chill in the air, huh? Praise the Lord. It feels good out there. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow it is to see all of you here on this beautiful morning. Praise the Lord. I've got... Another rainbow. We got. We had a good time at uh, just for guys Thursday night. Any of you that missed it, I encourage you to come to the next one if you're a guy. This is this, this is an exclusive thing here. Other rainbows and our rattlesnakes. So we want to give praise for the angels under our angel tree. Oh Lord, we pray. And by the way, all all the angels were taken. And I trust all the presents are back. We wanna we wanna pray for uh, all the all the families who lost loved ones, those who are still injured, and for all the losses that were involved in, in those storms. Oh Lord, we pray. So travel mercies for anybody who's gonna be traveling. I mean, we are getting into a heavy travel season here, so uh, lift up all of us, our friends, our families, and, and all the folks around the world who are traveling. Oh, Lord, we pray. Let's pray. 
Gracious and loving God, we do thank you. We thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you that we can come together and worship you. We thank you that we have your love and we have the love of each other to share. Lord, we lift up those who have recently lost loved ones. We lift up those who need healing of any kind. We ask that you would touch them and heal them. Lord, we lift up all the ministries that we are involved in at, at this particular time. We thank you that you allow us to take part in these ministries and show your goodness and love. Lord, we lift up those anywhere who are in areas of violence. We lift up those who just lack the basic necessities of life. Lord, we lead it, lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will, that your children would live in peace and harmony with each other. Lord, guide us with your Holy Spirit as your word is proclaimed this morning. Move in us that we might move in the world to show your goodness and love in all our activities, in all of our actions, as your son did, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So have any of you all ever been a Toastmaster? Gone to Toastmasters? Anybody in here? Jan has. Okay. Nobody else. If you haven't, I highly recommend it to any of you, especially if you get if you are in a potential position of having to get up in front of people and talk, all right? You know, fear of, psychologists say that uh, the fear of speaking in public is second only to the fear of death in most people. But anyway, I was blessed to be a, members, a member of Balcones Toastmasters in Austin for a number of years. It really is a great program whether you have to speak in public or not. But a Toastmasters meeting is very structured, extremely structured. And since I'm a Methodist, I enjoy that. You know, I like structure. We all need structure in our lives. Each meeting has certain segments that always take place regardless of anything else that might be going on. And one of the things is you get a word of the day, right? A word of the day to improve your vocabulary, hopefully. Or, and when you speak, one of your goals is to use the word of the day in whatever it is that you say. Well, our word for the day is theotokos, okay? That's a nice word, right? Theotokos. And I, I'm certain that some of you know what it means. 
And for those of you who don't, I'm going to tell you, all right? Theotokos means bringer or bearer of God, all right? And it's, and it's a term that was first used in the early church to talk about Mary because she was Jesus' mother. So she was referred to as the one who brought God. And it also ties in with the fact that we believe that Jesus was fully human as well as fully God. And it's the fully human part of it, I think, that often we fall short on. And often we allow ourselves some limitations because we don't remember and realize that Jesus was fully human. If he was fully human and we're human, then, you know, we can do, we can be in this world as he was in all ways except being the Savior of the world. So our, our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke's gospel, the first chapter, starting at verse 46 and going through verse 56. Consider the word of the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her, her being Elizabeth, her cousin, about three months and then returned to her home. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who gives us more than we need for abundant life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Mary here is praising God because of what's happened to her. She knows she is going to have a child, and she's happy about it. Moreover, she is with her cousin, Elizabeth. And you all remember the story. Elizabeth now is, Mary is young, right? Mary's maybe 14, 16, something like that. 
her cousin Elizabeth is old. <laughs> if it does tell us in Scripture how old she was, I don't recall it at the moment. But anyway, she was advanced in age, and she hadn't been able to have children. And she, too, was having a miraculous birth. Elizabeth, of course, was carrying John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, and he was six months older than Jesus and was going to be born in three months. So Mary went to see her. And you all remember what the Scripture says there in Luke chapter 1. It says the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumped when Mary came in and realizing that, you know, the Lord was there. A wonderful thing. But what I want us to think about this morning is how each and every one of us can be God-bearers, can bring God to the world around us, right? Because Jesus told us, Jesus told us when he left, we're supposed to make disciples of all the world. And the way we do that is to begin that is to bring God to them and bring them to God. And I think Mary gives us some real good pointers here in, in what she says about how we can be God-bearers, theotokai, to the rest of the world, all right? To the rest of the world. The first thing that I, that, that I see here that Mary does is she rejoices in God her Savior, right? That's what she says. She rejoices in God her Savior. We really don't know a whole lot about Mary from what we read in the Scripture. But we do know from what we read later on in all that she and Joseph were just garden variety people. They weren't people of any particular notoriety or wealth or anything like that. And Mary rejoiced in the fact that God was her Savior, right? That God was her Savior. And this, is, this again is something that we see with people who have brought God to other people throughout Scripture. It wasn't new with Mary other than the fact that Mary was going to be the mother of the Lord, the mother of the Savior of the entire world. I want to think about for a minute Moses. Moses was a God-bearer who brought God to many, many people. Moses did the same thing. If you look at Exodus 15, the first verse, Moses there praises the Lord because he has made the children of Israel triumphant over the Egyptians, right? Moses didn't rejoice in the fact that he had been pulled out of the river and raised by Pharaoh, right? Moses had a life of privilege, remember? Moses realized that he couldn't save himself, right? Moses was a murderer. He kills somebody and then runs off and comes to his senses, so to speak, when God appears to him in the burning bush. But Moses, too, praised God and was happy and rejoiced 
that God was his Savior. And then I want us to think a minute about another person, another person who was very, very similar to Mary. And that we read about in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And that's Hannah, right? Always have to remind us all, what does Hannah mean? Grace, right? Grace. Hannah means grace. Hannah, like Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, had trouble conceiving a child. And she too, when she realized that she was going to have Samuel, praised the Lord and rejoiced in the fact that God was her Savior. She realized, Hannah realized that her husband and her position, Hannah was pretty, pretty well off as far as folks go in society. She realized that those things weren't her salvation, but only God was her salvation, which again is what all of us need to rejoice in and remember at Advent particularly and all throughout the year. Our salvation isn't our bank account or our job. Our salvation certainly isn't ourselves, right? Our salvation isn't the people around us. Our salvation isn't our government, most certainly, or our leaders. Our salvation only comes from the Lord, period. That's it. Mary realized that. Moses realized that. Hannah realized that. So I, I would say Theotokos those who bear God realize and rejoice in the fact that God is their salvation. That's the first thing a God-bearer does. Another thing a God-bearer does is they rejoice in, they're thankful for what God has done for them, right? What God has done for them. What has God done for each and every one of us? I'll just throw out a few things. One thing, Jeremiah reminds us in Jeremiah 29, 11, God has given all of us a future with hope, right? A future with hope. And again, that's something to rejoice over this morning as we lit the, the joy candle in the, in the Advent wreath or Advent candles, I guess I should say. We don't really have a it's not really a wreath there. It's an Advent candle holder. God has given us all a future with hope. God has given us all gifts, right? Have you thought about that? Everybody thinks about getting gifts, right? This is the time of year, too, we have to remind ourselves that Christmas is not our birthday, right? But sometimes we could get confused when we see all the gifts that everybody exchanges and gives gives each other nothing wrong with giving gifts but we need to remember really the important gifts the gifts that God has given us you know it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that God has given all of us a gift right that's where it talks about the different parts of the body you know the whole whole body can't be an index finger right or the whole body can't be an elbow 
or whatever else. It takes all the parts working together, and it takes all the gifts of all of us working together to bear God to other people and to bring that news. But you know what it tells us there at the bottom? At the bottom of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says what? But now I'm going to show you a better way. So better than all the gifts that God has given to each of us is that better way. And it's love, right? It's love that God has given us. Also, another thing that God has done for each and every one of us when we're being thankful for the things that God has done for us, God has given each and every one of us a place in His eternal universe. Again, reality is God and God's kingdom. That's it. That's what reality is. And God has prepared a place in His eternal kingdom for each and every one of us. That's got some pretty neat implications, doesn't it? It's an eternal kingdom. So, we don't need to hurry, right? If you've got eternity... What's the reason for being in a hurry, right? So no hurry. Another implication that comes with that, something that God has done for us is we don't have to worry. No hurry, no worry, right? We don't have to worry because the universe is a perfectly safe place for all of God's children. God has prepared everything for us. We need only enjoy it and realize it and realize it. Now the other implications of this, or a couple of other implications of this, are that since we're going to be around a long time, and we don't have to worry about anything because God's in charge, that also takes some other burdens off our backs, right? We don't have to be judgmental, right? We don't have to be judgmental. It's not our place. There's one judge the Bible tells us, I didn't see any of our names written there, okay? So we don't have to be judgmental. And you know the other thing that we don't have to be that God has given and blessed each of us with, done for us, is we don't have to be resentful, right? We don't have to be resentful. So when we realize what God has done for us, we realize that, again, there's no hurry, there's no worry, we don't have to be judgmental, and there's no need for resentment, right? Praise the Lord. Those are good things. God-bearers realize what God has done for them. And God-bearers realize that God keeps God's promises. Did you notice that? Mary put that right there. She talked about the promises God has made. And she mentioned specifically, right? She, she mentioned specifically Abraham, right? Remember the, the, promise that, the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis 22, verse 18. It says what? It says, all the nations of the world will be blessed by your descendants because you have obeyed my command, right? You have obeyed my command. 
God is faithful. God keeps God's promises. Now, here's the best promise of all. Here's the best promise of all as far as I can tell, and that is the promise that we find in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And this also gets back to what am I going to get for Christmas, right? Well, the answer is, or, or what it tells us in, in Hebrews 13, 5 is, we should be satisfied with what we have, right? We should be satisfied with what we have. So be satisfied with what you have and uh, don't look in your stocking. We should be satisfied with what we have because, why? Because God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, right? I will never leave you or forsake you. And that's the best gift of all. God is always with us and always will be with us, okay? Of course, we at this, this time, you know, at Advent, we celebrate the expectation of the Lord coming. But the truth of the matter is the Lord has come and the Lord is with each and every one of us if we but realize it. Again, as Jacob said, you know, Jacob had gotten himself in a mess, right? Which some of us have probably done, right? And there he was out in the wilderness with a rock for a pillow. Right now, there you go. How's that for a definition of, of you know? I'll do it my way. Right? You do it your way, and you might end up with a rock for a pillow. But he saw that stairway going up and down from heaven. Right? And he said, you know, the Lord was in this place all along, and I didn't know it. Right? I didn't realize it. So it's the same for all of us today. The Lord is here. The Lord is wherever we are if we but realize it. And when we realize it, it makes it easier for us to be God-bearers, right? It makes it easier for us to be, what's the word of the day? Theotokos, right? And when we are God-bearers, when we are God-bearers, we rejoice in the fact that God is our Savior. We are thankful for what God has done for us. And we remember, we remember that God is faithful, God keeps God's promises, and that makes it easy for us to share His love with everyone. Amen? Now go in peace, and as you go, take God with you to all those around you. Remember that the world doesn't need our approval. It needs the gospel. And as you do that, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.